You are listening to a podcast from Influence Church. We hope it encourages and empowers you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're all doing well. Um, if you want to go ahead and grab your seats. Um, yes, good to be in God's house today with you. I'm excited about the message we've got to, to bring today. Um, what we want to do with this time really is put some stuff out there. Uh, we're talking today about the Holy Spirit, but uh, we want to have a practical outwork into what we're going to be talking about today. So at the end of the message, uh, we're going to be opening up the front and we're going to create an opportunity to pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So I just want to put that out there now so you know what's coming, but we're believing that God is really going to move this morning. The, the message we're going to preach this morning is called God is with us. God is with us. Um, now, I don't know, there's a bungee jumper on the, on the screen. Um, I don't know how you've come into church this morning. You might have come with sickness in your family. You might have come with worries and fears and, and all kinds of stuff. You might have come into church today on absolute cloud nine, having the best time of your life. But I want you to get hold of the truth today that, that no matter how you've come, it doesn't change the fact that God is with us. God is with us everywhere we go. And it's something that I really, really want you to grasp hold of today. You know, you can think of the phrase, God is with us, and just think of it as, as a theory, as something that you know in your mind. You, you know, you might say, well, yeah, I've, I've heard people say God is with me, you know, kind of like when people come alongside you and encourage you and they say, I'm with you all the way. Have you ever heard that, that statement? And it kind of means that I've, I'm going to give you some general encouragement, but it doesn't mean I'm literally going with you everywhere, that, everywhere you go. Sometimes, actually, when people say that, you, you can often be disappointed with how quickly they, they, they walk away from you. But, but when God says he's with us, he really, really means that he's with us. It's not just some imagery he's using. It's not a theory. It's not something that's just like rational in our minds. It's something that we should experience. It's not just something that people say as, as, a, as a warming kind of feeling. It's, it's a reality. It's a fact that we can experience in our lives. You know, and there's a difference between knowing something in our minds and experiencing it in our lives. And you know, I, I want us to come to a place today where we, we don't just know in our minds that God is with us, but we experience it in our lives that God is with us. Just let me illustrate it like this. I don't know if you've ever uh, talked to teenagers about driving. Uh, I, I remember when I was a teenager, I had all these ideas about driving a car. That, that It would be something like playing on the PlayStation, on the PS5, or, you know, that, that kind of thing. And, you know, you, you like press, press X to go forward, press square to go backwards, and use a little joystick to turn. But the minute you get behind the wheel of a car, you realize that, that it's actually a little bit more complicated than you think. You know, when you experience something, you realize it's actually different than just, just having some kind of concept of theory in your head. 
There, is a, there was a picture of a bungee jumper on the stage, but when I was 18 years old, I, I did a bungee jump. And you can imagine that, you know, those of you who know me, I did my research before I, before I did a bungee jump. And um, I can tell you some things that I knew about a bungee jump. The one I did was 45 meters high. I knew that it would take me just over three seconds to go from the top to the bottom. I knew that at the maximum speed that I reached, I'd be going at 65 miles per hour before kind of bouncing back up again. I knew that my face would go a little bit funny. I'm not going to try and demonstrate that for you. Um, You know, that's what we know from science about doing a bungee jump, but nothing could prepare me for the experience. The experience of climbing up this what was kind of like a bit of a crane and standing up there looking down and like, am I really going down there? And then the moment when the man says, could you just step on these scales? We need to weigh you to make sure that the, the cord is, is properly calibrated so that you don't hit the water at the bottom. And I'm like, I really hope that you have got some qualifications in maths to be making those calculations. Nothing can prepare you for the moment of standing on the edge and looking down and the feeling that comes through your body in that time. And, and the moment where you, you're like building yourself up to jump and then the guy that was running the bungee jump was a, was a New Zealand Kiwi, kind of like quite a, a hard sort of guy and he said something like, come on, just get on with it in his, you know, in his, in his accent. Nothing can prepare you for the feeling of acceleration. It's not to 60 in three seconds. Nothing can prepare you for the feeling of the bungee cord tightening around your feet as the cord takes the strain. And just as you reach that top speed, all of a sudden you decelerate as the cord takes the pressure. And then you stood there hanging upside down, waiting for someone to come and just kind of lower you down to the, to the ground. Blood rushing to your head. You see, I'd read the theory, but the experience was so, so much greater. You see, knowledge becomes powerful through our experience, when when we've experienced it. And that's the same with God. We can know things about God on paper, but not have experienced them in our lives. And the Holy Spirit is the way that we experience God in our day-to-day lives. This, you know, this message is taking place in a church, and we're going to respond in a little while at the front of a church. But the Holy Spirit is not just in the church building. The Holy Spirit is with us everywhere we go into every single situation. You see, I can't show you a picture of me and the Holy Spirit. I can't prove it to you rationally, but I can tell you about the experience of God that I have had. I can tell you about an experience of God that really has honestly transformed and changed my life. I want you to, for a moment, to put yourselves in the disciples' shoes. You see, the disciples, they walked with Jesus, didn't they? That, That was God with them. They walked on earth, they talked to him, they, they uh, laughed with him, they um, smelt him, they heard him, they journeyed with him, they, they did life with Jesus. And then when Jesus completed his mission on earth, he was, you know, he, he died on the cross, he, he rose again and he ascended into heaven. And I, I think if I was one of the disciples, I think I would have a legitimate question of how is God with me now? See, back in the Old Testament, 
It says that in Deuteronomy 31, the Lord goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. So don't be afraid and do not be discouraged. But I think if I was a disciple, I'd be like, well, where is God with me now? How is God with me now? But you see, before Jesus went to heaven, this is what he said to his disciples. He said, I will ask the Father, this is John 14, 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. He goes on in chapter 16, verse 7 to say, it's for your good that I am going away because unless I go away, the advocate who's the Holy Spirit will not come to you if if I don't go away. It says, if I go away, I will send him to you. You know, and he was echoing something that was prophetic, something that was talked about in the, in the Old Testament through the prophet Joel when he said, and afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all of my people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Old men will dream dreams. Young men will see visions. You know, and it happened on Pentecost Sunday, 50 days after Easter. Um, Pentecost Sunday, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church and everything changed. Everything changed. You know, when we read the book of Acts, sometimes we, we look at Pentecost Sunday as kind of being like part of the story. You know, that wasn't just part of the story. That was the start of the story. That, that was the, the crux and the, the moment when the church came alive, when the power of God was poured out through the Holy Spirit. Everything changed in that moment. You know, our experience of salvation, our experience of following God changed in that moment when the Holy Spirit was poured out. You know, and God, I believe, well, he is. He's still with us today by the power of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples to the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. The Holy Spirit lives inside of us, inside those people who have said yes to Jesus. You know, he doesn't come and go. Like the verse in John says, he's with us forever. God is with us. And you see, this is the kind of challenging bit. And I think this is perhaps why we sometimes forget that God is with us. Because you can't touch him. You can't see him. And you know, you, you might say to me today, sounds nice, sounds good, but can you prove it? Can you give me scientific evidence? So it's not just a, a, a concept. You know, you might say today, invisible things are not really real things. You might say today, if I can't see it, how do I know it's real? Has anybody got Wi-Fi in their house at home? It's good, isn't it, Wi-Fi? It takes, I mean, I remember when we had to plug things in all the time. But, you know, you can't see Wi-Fi, but it's good. It's powerful. It, it gets content around your home. You can't see it, but it's undeniably there. You know, you can't see air. You can't see oxygen, but have you ever tried living without it? You know, when you breathe in, we all know that we, we can't see it, but there's something there 
something there that is nourishing our lives and allowing us to live. You can't see it, but there is absolutely 100% a reality to it. You know, you can't see the wind, but you try telling my garden fence that wind is not real. There's times when my garden fence seems to have more like lateral movement than, than I don't know what. You see, and then each one of us, we have a side to ourselves that, that we can't see. Think of our inner self, our thoughts, our feelings, our dreams, our ambitions, the, the bit inside of us that you can't touch, you can't see, but it's very real, isn't it? What would be left of us if we took away our thoughts, our, our feelings, our, our dreams and, and our ambitions? I, I think what I would describe as being left is kind of like a shell, a, a lifeless, soulless shell. You see, there's lots of things in life that we can't see, but it doesn't mean that they are not real. You know, the Bible talks about a, a whole spiritual realm. Spiritual realm that, that's not visible, but it's very real. And the Holy Spirit is the ultimate, the highest authority in that realm. You know, and today I, I, my prayer is that we would recognize the Holy Spirit and, and experience him. I want to give us six ways today. It sounds like a lot, but I'm going to go through them quite quickly. Six ways that I believe we can experience the Holy Spirit and then we are going to pray. But the first, the first way that today I believe that we can experience the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit assures us. He assures us. The scripture is Ephesians 1, verse 13 and 14. It says, you were all, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation when you believed. You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guarantee in our inheritance, until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Have you ever seen the film Toy Story? Toy Story, and I always forget the names of the characters now, and I've just forgot them, but there's the main guy, Woody, and his owner is Andy, who writes his name on his foot. You've all seen the movie, haven't you? You know what I'm, I'm talking about. You see, I believe, and the Bible teaches, that God has put his mark on each one of us. You know, like that previous passage says, you have received the gift of the Holy Spirit, and you are now not your own. It's so, so powerful that God has put his seal on us. God has put his mark of approval on us. I, I just love that. Because, you know, in life we have doubts, we have wobbles, we have ups and we have downs. You know, faith and often we, we obviously we are people of faith, but sometimes we don't realize that faith and doubt can often be, seem like they're distant cousins that kind of sometimes go hand in hand. We often have doubts. We often have wobbles. But I want to say today to you that you can have a confidence of knowing whose you are because he has put his mark on your life. Early in my Christian journey, I remember um, coming to a place of real hurt and, and real disappointment. And, and in retrospect, you know, these were what I would describe as teenage trials. Not to minimize them for our young people over in the corner. But teen, they were teenage trials. 
But at the time, I felt immensely bruised. I felt immensely hurt by my, my, by my Christian friends. And my mum said to me at the time, who, she's not a, not a believer, but she said to me, well, I guess like, we'll be seeing a little bit more of you now on, on Sunday evenings. I guess that'll be the end of this church thing. But something inside of me just said, no. Something inside of me said, no, that, that's not going to be the case. Because, you know, this isn't just a church thing. This isn't just a friends thing. It's like this has, maybe it started like that. Maybe my journey started like that. But I realized I came to a place that this is now a God thing. This is now a God thing. And God has put his mark on my life. Something had happened inside of me. So I came to a place where I was like, well, friends may leave. They may come and go. Disappointments may happen. Highs and lows but may come. But I've got a mark on my life. I'm assured by God. I want you to know today, church, that God has put his mark on you, the Holy Spirit. And come what may, you are his and he is yours. The second point is this, that God, the Holy Spirit, teaches us and reminds us. John 14, 26 says, The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Is anybody else forgetful? Is it just me that's forgetful? But I don't know about you. There'll be times in my spiritual journey when, when I will maybe be going through a bit of a trial or a little bit of a challenge and trying to figure something out. And then something will come from the word of God or, or a friend will remind me of something. And I'm like, I know that. I, I know this stuff. I've known this stuff for years. But you know, so often we need somebody to come and just remind us to, to teach us the truth again. You know, and I think that's what the Holy Spirit is to us. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. You know, in, in the education system, we go through key stage one, two, three, four, and you know, higher education and degrees and masters and PhDs and all of that stuff. And you have this like linear progression where you just amass um, knowledge and it gets harder and harder and harder as you go along. But with following Jesus, it's not really like that, that we just accrue knowledge and more knowledge and more knowledge. I think we, we go around often some of the, the same questions over and over again until the knowledge that kind of comes into our minds comes into our hearts as, as revelation from God. And the Holy Spirit is totally at work in all of that. You know, and I'm so, so reminded that we need a teacher we need someone to remind us of the things often that we know, but often of the things that we haven't yet learned. Sometimes the role of a teacher is different, though. Sometimes the role of a teacher is to help us unlearn things that maybe we've held on to but aren't true in view of everything that God has done in our life. You know, sometimes we might put labels on ourselves. Sometimes we might say, say bad things or believe bad things about us ourselves. And the Holy Spirit, the teacher, comes and says, hold on a minute. You just need to unlearn that. You need to take that label off. You're, you're not rubbish. You're, you're not stupid. You're not ugly. Or whatever label you might feel like you're carrying, you need to unlearn that stuff today. And I believe today that the Holy Spirit is going to take labels off of people today and to, to teach us new things, to teach us who we are in God. It's the power of revelation. 
You know, it was so key to my early Christian journey. I remember being at a, at a Christian conference and in a time of, of worship and truly understanding for the first time what Jesus had done for me on the cross. I remember singing the song. It's, it's an old song, but it was called I Stand Amazed in the Presence. Um, it, it talks about Jesus. It says, he took my sins and my sorrows. He made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and he suffered and he died alone. It goes on to say, how marvelous, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. And you know, I was struck I was like literally like laid out, lying on the floor, just tears flooding through my, through my eyes. I was there for just half an hour, just basking in that revelation that there's a God in heaven who despite all my flaws, despite all my weaknesses, says, I love you and I've chosen you and I want to use you. You know, the Holy Spirit is the one who brings this revelation. When we often pray, God, would you fill me with your spirit? What he starts to do is he starts to strip away the dross. He starts to strip away the labels that the world has put on you. And he comes and says, let me teach you who you are. Let me show you. Let me remind you that, that I have put the image of God in you and that you are, you are loved and you are chosen. You know, maybe the revelation you need to get hold of today is that God is near. God is not far. Maybe it's that you've been trying to change things in your own strength, but God's going to say, I'm going to come alongside you and help you to, to bring about that change in your life. Maybe you're here today and you, if you're honest, your self-esteem is low. You don't feel good enough. God's going to come alongside you, I believe, and say, you are a child of God. I give you a revelation of that today. Maybe you just would say, I'm too bad for God to love I've done too much stuff. I've, I've been to too many places. And, and maybe you're here today and you just feel heavy with the weight of sin and the burden of, of that. I believe today God is going to say to you, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. In a moment of revelation, God can transform your life through the power of his Holy Spirit. That's the second one. Moving on quickly. God, the Holy Spirit, helps us. It's the same passage, but picking out a different word. The Holy Spirit is described as the advocate, the helper. You know, I don't know about you, but there's so many times in my life when I'm like, hello, I could, I could do with some help here. I, I, I can't do this by myself. God, I, if you don't come through, this is going to end up messy. God, I need your help. You know, the Holy Spirit can help us when we don't know what, what the next step is. The Holy Spirit can pray for us when we don't know how to pray. The Holy Spirit can show us a way through where there seems to be no way. Maybe you're in an impossible situation today. I'm believing that as we pray at the end that the Holy Spirit can come and be your helper, to be your advocate, to make a way through for you in what seems like an impossible situation. And the next thing I believe the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Acts 13, 2. It says, whilst they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, I think that's sig significant in itself. Then it says, the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. 
You know, sometimes God can speak in an audible voice. Sometimes the way God speaks is he just drops something on us that, that is so heavy, that it's just not heavy in a bad way, heavy in a good way, but it's, it's like a, a message or a, a direction that you just can't shake, you just can't shift, and it becomes like a reverberating thought inside of our head. That is the way I believe God speaks to me. That's the way God spoke to me when I was sat literally just over there when he spoke to me about moving to Bishop Auckland and, and reducing my hours at work and, and buying a house and, and planting a church and all of that kind of stuff. That was, I was literally sat there in a, in a session and God just put those things on my heart. It was as clear as day. You know, the Holy Spirit can speak to you. You know, I don't know about you, but I don't want to live my life just based on my own direction, on my own compass. Because you know, if I'm honest, I, I don't think I would end up in a good place. The direction and the voice of God can, can direct and shape our lives and lead us into good places. Now, I'm not saying like, you know, you need to pray about what shirt you wear or what, what t-shirt you wear or, or anything, you know, about all of the tiny details of life, about what you should have for breakfast. But, you know, I believe about this big things in our lives and big decisions that I believe God wants a voice in on. It was whilst they were worshiping the Lord that the Holy Spirit spoke. You know, to, to really tune into the voice of God, we need to sometimes cut out the noise, cut out the distractions and say, I'm, I'm going to just spend some time. I'm just going to sit and I'm going to open my ears and, to hear from God. The next one is this. The Holy Spirit transforms us. Galatians 5.22. And I'm just going to invite the band to join me whilst we get into this. Galatians 5.2 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those things sound good, don't they? Yeah? You know, when the Holy Spirit starts to move in our lives and we start to get an awareness of the presence of God wherever we go, we will and we should start to see a difference in our lives. A difference in how we speak to people, a difference in how we parent, a difference in our levels of, of patience and the peace and the goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and all of these things are, are fruits of our time spent in the presence of God. You know, there, in 1904, there was a, an amazing move of God in, in South Wales, in, in the valleys of South Wales. These were mining villages, tough, rough people who went down mines and into the coal mines. And, you know, in, in those valleys, 70,000 people gave their lives to God. There was just an amazing move of God and an amazing move of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the, the police in that area, they were left with nothing to do. They were just sat around like just with their feet up because there was no crimes. The courtrooms were empty. The, the pubs were empty because people weren't going getting drunk anymore. Marriages were restored. Families were restored. You see, when the Holy Spirit moved in those valleys and moved in those people, there was a transformation. There was a change. You know, they even say that the donkeys that they used to pull the coal, the, the coal carts, they refused to work because they're, they're, the workers stopped beating them. They stopped swearing at them. 
And the pit donkeys, they didn't know what to do because they'd been so, so used to this. You know, I believe that when the Holy Spirit starts to move, we will start to see things in our families change, things in our streets change, things in the schoolyard will start to change, things in our classroom will start to change because the light and the love of God will be shining out of us in all directions and people will literally be like, what on earth is happening with those people? But shouldn't those be the things that the church is known for? Our love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Holy Spirit, would you just come and, and fill us and overwhelm us with your goodness and your kindness and your mercy and your grace. God, would you come? Would you show in us the fruit of your spirit? God, we want to be like you. God, form us in your image, we pray. Jesus. And the, the last one before we just open up this space to pray for people is, is this. The Holy Spirit empowers us. And the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost. It was fulfilling what Jesus said in Acts 1.8. It said, you will receive power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You know, I believe what God has done in each one of us in saving us and bringing us to a place of knowing him, it's too good to keep hold of. It's too good to keep to ourselves. And you know what the Holy Spirit does is he gives us power. He gives us boldness. He gives us an ability to go out into our worlds and testify to the goodness of God and to tell our story. You know, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, what this describes of is it's like a ripple going out from the church, a ripple of the, the Holy Spirit working to the ends of the earth. Wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be amazing today if God did something here, God did something in us in this space that became a ripple, that went out of, this, out of the church, into the streets, into the schoolyard, into our places of work, into our families, empowering us to make a difference in our world for the kingdom of God. Last scripture, and then we're going to pray. Why don't we just stand to our feet? And yeah, Matthew 7, verse 7 says this. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Just as we open this space at the front, I want to invite you, if you want to be prayed for to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I want to invite you to just do a bold thing and just jump out your seat and, and come down to the front and as a, as a symbol to God, as a way of saying, I am responding to this. I love that those who receive are those who ask. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Will you be one of those people today who will ask? Will you be someone who will ask him? You know, you might have been filled by the Holy Spirit before. You know, you can come again and you can get prayed for again. You could have been following Jesus 30, 40, 50 years. I, I don't know, but you can be filled with the Holy Spirit again. This might be your first time in church and you might be wondering, this, this is strange. But you know, we're, we're, this isn't scary. The Holy Spirit's not going to do anything weird. But I think when you get prayed for, you can have an experience of the reality of the actuality of God working and moving in our lives.
So I want to invite you to come. I'm just going to pray. And then we're going to keep coming. People will pray. The band will lead us. We're going to give time to this. I'm just going to say, Holy Spirit, we need you. Holy Spirit, we desire. Holy Spirit, we ask. Holy Spirit, we seek. Holy Spirit, we are knocking at the door. And God, I pray that you would move. Come and move in our lives. Move in power. God, do, the, do what only you can do. God, I pray this morning, show us the reality of what it means for God to be with us. God, I pray, start to do a work right now in this place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Influence Church. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Influence Church, empowering you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God.